Okay, so this is the way how we start always our podcast. It's a triathlon start, so you you first you hear on the pontoon is uh, heartbeat. <laughs> on your marks. Yeah. This is it. This is it. How are you, mate? Good. I can comply. How are you? Yeah, very good. Nice, nice to have you here on the podcast. I'm very happy that you find your your time. I know you don't have too much time. You're working with the athletes all the time. It's crazy to see all your posts. Guys, if you're watching social media, go and, and follow this guy because he's doing something really special with the, with the athletes. Is it right? I I hope so. I mean, you have to go extra mile if you want to make results, right? I mean, the world champions becoming from the little eggs yeah. to become bigger eggs and then they're coming quite a bit fast chicken on the track so yeah i i really like one of the one of your uh posts that you were uh you 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 wrote the testament that you're trying your your pursuit in your life is is uh is helping and to to helping the others to 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 accomplish the goal is it right well i believe that um you know, I accomplished certain goals in my life, which in a certain dreams, and I still have a few of them left. Uh, and I believe that, you know, when it comes to the certain time, you're just going to flip it over and you say, okay, from now on, I should be the one to help others. And I always say that there is nothing bigger pleasure to be a sports manager or coach or whatever and fulfill the dreams of those who being, who I would be, I would be lying to say, do not dream big, but I would say they dream big. And to dream big and go for that, it takes a lot of support. Yeah, so. yeah. When when it comes to that shift, what 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 what's happened to your life when when the shift came? Well, you know, it's always something happened. You know, you you when I was a, when an athlete, um, I was always up and down because I had a lot of injuries. And then you know, when I was riding and working with a lot of professional like athletes, me? like you, you know, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. I mean. <laughs> The life as an athlete, when you, you know, I've been in the, in the shoes for, for the, you know, I would say 35, 36 years. Um, I mean, still, I still not say that I'm not anymore because I do. It means like I'm not competing anymore on the lead level. That means like I'm not, but I'm still so just like yeah, being you, hit by the car, this and that is just part yeah, of your you, life. So. You, you, pre, you, you keep in fit really, really hard. Like, look at this. How old are you? Like 20 or 22? 21, but you 21, know, right? trying to, <laughs> yeah, try to keep even 17, yeah. but you know, you're getting older, you're getting 21, you know? You, you, you keep us on the, on, on the arm when we go on the bike and you always push the big gear. You never put the low gear. That's what you say. Well, you know, I don't use the small rings. Uh, you know, I, I heard because you don't want to make him dirty. Yeah, I, I don't have time to clean the bike. So it takes, you know, it saves me 10, 15 seconds to clean the small ring. So I can use it a different way. That is pretty cool. I mean, your your life and your story is super, super interesting. Like I, I had so much talks with you and every story was really interesting. I would like to just just uh, or bring some something close to a... a to viewers or the spectators who will watch this like because you're really well known as a as a athlete's manager for the for the own company for the running shoes and i think you have a big part of of where where the company comes uh six years ago you bring uh, such a stars to the to the, the company and i think in triathlon is the one of the most uh, if if it's not uh, the most using 
uh, running shoes in a in a triathlon world, and especially yeah, of course uh, Ironman and ITU, the both I think is the biggest stars using it, and and you see the amateurs, age groupers uh, following it, but is of course because the product is really good, but but they have to know from somewhere. So so how was the journey? How did you get to the own company and yeah, that would that would be the start. How did you actually get to the own company? So, f- long time ago, I would say I was I was racing in the long distance. When I started racing long distance, I am uh, I was racing with one uh, guy. He was uh, from Swiss, and he was quite a good runner, um, Olivier Bernard. And uh, I kind of honored the guy because I raced him in Duathlon Zofingen, and then uh, I kind of honored the guy. And then I met him a few times, and then uh, I was approached from one. From few people who used to work at on, but I was at that time was probably like seven people, and they asked me, "Hey, would what, you what 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 year was it?" Sound. Uh, 2019. There was 2012, I think. 2011, maybe 2010. It was very very yes. beginning because yes. at that time there were there were only two models: it was Cloud and Cloud Surfer, and they approached me, "Hey, would you like to test the shoes? I mean, you're still a good runner. You can maybe give a feedback." I test the shoes, I get it back, you know, and that time I was moving to, from Lanzarote, where I lived for a year, where I was training with some pro athletes as a, as a training partner and then working on the resort. I moved to Ferrer Hotels in Mallorca, where I was asked to transfer and help with a, from family resort to sport resort and making like a high performance center. So I moved there and then um, that's when I was more approached and I said, well, that's a, that's a, it's a cool brand, you know, with the cool technology. I said, well, why won't we make it like a test center? And um, and I started introducing the shoes to the athletes who were coming to the test center. And um, one of the younger athletes, which I actually, I mean, he approached me was a young kid from the island, uh, Russell White. And it was a funny story because he came and he said that somebody stole his shoes, which I thought like, hey, you know, you can keep the jokes with your mom. You know, I'm not buying stuff like this. But then I was like, maybe, maybe that really happened. So I gave him a pair of shoes and... Uh, I heard the, the actually the first feedback, real feedback from the shoes, like from the someone who was still kid young but still yes. ambitious, was from him. Oh, really? And then he wanted, and then I said, you know what, keep the shoes, and he was surprised. I said, no, keep the shoes. And then, uh, then he, six months after that, I was approached from on, and we talked together because I was already involved in uh, signing the athletes or, or hunting the athletes. And he said, well, we need someone who's going to take care of the athletes. And because you've been a professional athlete for a long time and yeah. not just in triathlon, but in cycling and other sports. And then yes. you, you know, so many people, not just in the triathlon, but in athletics, you know, people in cycling, different sports, you know, there's a government bodies, people who are the, in the management, you can introduce and come with a brand. And I said, well, I would, but it's a still joke because you have only two models, third two model models, is on the yeah. way. So yeah. I said, three models, I'm not going to. Come on. I'm not going to come to somebody who yeah. is, a you know, a big shot and saying, hey, we have a three models. They're going to be laughing at me. You know, I mean, and I, my name is going to be reputation. But then I said, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's a good challenge. And maybe I didn't have for such a long time the big challenge. And I took as a challenge, took it as a challenge. And I said, okay, I'll do it. So I went to Zurich, started working with the three, four models of the shoes we had on the road. Working very closely what, with what, the. What was the other two? Uh, we had the cloud surfer. We had <clears> the cloud uh, cloud, and then we were we basically had a prototype with the cloud racer, which we won the Kona with the Frederick Malierde, and then um, basically we we're coming with an upgrade of the cloud surfer. Uh, we were working at that time on the a little bit. You know, we were coming. It was coming to the. 
Olympics. So we were thinking about the new model has to come up because it was obvious that if we want to sign a high performance yeah. athlete, has to be some high performance shoes. And then and it was that, the, that was before London 2012, that, right? That's correct. So we yeah. worked on that, mm -hmm. and it was coming. You know, after that, and then it was coming the new models. It was coming Cloud Flash going direction to Rio Olympic Games. What what uh, what name did you sign? Big name first. Well, the one of the first one which I went was a uh, Team Don. Um, Then was Bart Ernaut. Then was uh, from ITU. I started going after Vicente Hernandez. Then was the David House was there. David House, right? Um, did, did he race in a in a cloud? Yeah, in 2012. Yeah, already. And then, uh, so, so that's, that's pretty. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty early. Uh, he was the one of the first one as a pioneer with on yeah. because he was even <clears> like we started with Oliver closely working on it even before I guess I was there. Um, testing the shoes and then we had him in the own shoes and then it was a Nicola Spirit as a basically Swiss star who after London yeah. Olympics right away straight, is, straight after yes right. changed because she saw opportunity to work with the brand which is Swiss has a technology which is probably going to work for her because she saw uh, what's behind technology and why yes. is the technology so yeah. she decided to switch and, and until now she's basically very successful and very happy with the shoe yeah, as far as and, I know and very injury free and healthy athlete yeah. I mean I mean yeah that was the story of the mm -hmm. on as the beginning yeah. because the that Olivier, would be best to 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 hear this because the 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 as far as I remember and I remember it very well then when I talked to Olivier and I said why 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 I want to know the story why why the brand why you want to make the shoes and what was the story behind and it was very simple and clear he said I want to make the shoes which is going to be injury free yeah and because he was injured from the shoes I was injured many other artists were injured because the companies would change the you know models from models to year to year and then um, artists would have to adopt the other shoes they didn't like the shoes because this work doesn't work when I was sponsored by ASICS I had the same I had the one model which worked for me for two years and I said yeah. they came to me with the new model and said I don't want to work with this shoe because it doesn't work for me you know no yeah. you have to this and that I got injured I got fasciitis plantar so Oliver said, I want to make the shoes which is going to work. And then I will, I will stand for it. And and, and uh, we go from there. You know, was technology behind. He believed in that. And I believe as well. Because um, when I tested the shoes and I thought like, wow, that's cool. That's that's It works. It works. And if we're going to improve it and we work in the further, then it's going to be just better and better. Yeah, that's really cool that I remember first person, as you said, it was the David House to using it. And that's where where it went my, on my eye. And I remember you you asked me about after Olympic also if if I would uh, join. But in that time I was in a contract with a different company. And 2000, I think 16, we we met after that, and we yeah. we went we came together. And since that I'm super satisfied with the, with the shoes and also where the company uh, goes and grows and. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really wild that how how the company grows, right? What what what's your for what's your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean it's it seems like the we we I remember being in the office in Zolicon when uh, we had the small building and it was like if I'm not wrong, I might be mistaken, but we were like 12 people, 13. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I came to the one of the lastest latest the global sales meeting it was like 250, and then like they said something like. We are growing so fast that there are hundreds and hundreds of people coming on the board like nearly a year. I was like, what? Uh, I go wow. to global sales meeting last one. I didn't know like 80% of people. I have no idea who these people are, which shows you like how fast the company is growing. And it's growing because the, um, the majority 
of products are really high quality and high performance. Yeah. We basically, as Oliver always said, each product has to have a performance inside. Even if it's gonna be any lifestyle product, it has to have a performance, which is very, very unique um, and, and, and stylish uh, from the founder. Um, and of course, um, you know, there is a team behind and, and if you look at our products and you look at the details on the products, even talking about a very high performance shoes or, or apparel, it's all the details and then I think connected to the product has something has a lot of work behind but it's when you take the product into your hand and you look at your eyes you see um nearly uncomparable with many other uh, brands because there is very much a lot of details which are making huge differences and the people simply seems like a lot of people now looking for unique uh products where they kind of look different but also they kind of be part of the community and uh seems like the on community is growing very fast yeah, yeah. yeah, this is really cool that, uh, so because the Olivier and you, you, Vladi, you came from the triathlon background, right? <clears throat> but uh, you also, you also, what is very unique, you bring also to the cycling world, also the running spo- uh, running world, uh, of course, because the running world is the, is the main thing, but uh, what is really unique, you, you developed this uh, refugee team for the Olympics 2016 it is, it is incredible that that um, such a company could uh, provide and helping to refugee athletes with the with the products, but also supporting them on on their goals and and getting getting them really from the from the as you can say from the camps out of the to the world and and estimate them in a in a real life in a good life. I would say, can you say a little bit the history? How where where comes the the idea to to develop the refugee team for for the Olympics and also is coming. I think 2020 will be the team. So in 2015, if I remember well, or 2014, uh, I was approached by Tecla Europe in Kenya with this idea when I was traveling in Kenya because we already sponsored the team run together, which are Kenyan team, uh, quite a bit high performance team. I was approached by Tegla Lorop, which we knew each other since she was a high performing athlete and very successful marathon runner in uh, in Kenya, with this idea that, hey, what would you think if we have this refugee, you know, we have this refugee camp where hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people um, flooded their countries and they're living over there. And um, all these that, people- That was in Kenya, right? Yeah, in Kenya. Yeah. Um, like these people have no like we believe it's like a nation in the nation and um these people basically have no opportunities to to have um support as a part of their lives or you know and i believe there has to be something on because there is a certain education programs going on and the sport should be one of the part of the education program and i said well that's that's a that's a that's a great idea i just don't know how to do it because it's going to be so complicated since we dealing with a UNHCR, um, United Nations, um, yeah. the, the people coming from different countries with a different background. We don't know where coming from, you know, there is all of like very bad background. We, we can check, but we can, we can definitely give a, give a shot and we can go from there. So first we did like a check on the, we did like a test events at the Kakuma refugee camp where, where we basically did like a, a 3k, 5k run. And then we pick up the athletes and, um, yeah. uh, the, Artists were what those were picked. They were basically were placed in the, in the Gong Hills, which the uh, uh, Tegla Royal Peace Foundation yeah. um, 
founded the the rent of the camp and then on as a as a new partner when when we decided and i decided that hey we 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 i had a chat with the founders and we talked together and they said hey this is very cool project it's something which uh it's not just about the sport but also as a changing people lives um, and showing the other people what can be done um that it's it's gonna probably gonna be quite a bit interesting for us and for the globally um, and then uh, next thing I know that we are heading to, you know, the, the qualification criteria for Rio Olympic Games. And then uh, we did a qualification criteria. We passed the athletes who passed basically were signed to um, refugee Olympic team. And then then was Rio Olympic Games. So did they have to um, went through the EIF or the Olympic uh, Committee some some limits? Yeah, they basically so had they to, basically d- did it right. Yeah, uh, so, IAF approached us with the limits and they gave us the limits. And they said, hey, <clears throat> these are the limits. Uh, we want to make it real because you yeah, just don't want to. Yeah. One of the things which you don't want to do this is that you don't want to take the athlete onto to the race and um, let's say 5k race or 10k. Yeah. And then you don't want to do 10,000 meters when you're going to be overlapped six, seven times. That would be disaster. Not just like saying that, hey, this is refugee, you know, poor guy. No, it's about the point that we didn't want to make the athlete feel yeah. that he's underestimated or of he's course, like, he's just a refugee, so he cannot be. So we said we need to develop the program, the training program with the, with the coaches that these athletes will be capable to race and compete with those athletes. Yeah. They have to go to the heats. They have to go to the quarterfinal, semifinal, whatever it takes. They have to go. They can't just end it up with the heats. So, so that's why the criteria were set. And we said, hey, so, this is what we have to do. This is what you have to hit. If you hit, you go. Yeah. If you don't, you stay in the refugee camp. You have to. We have I'm, to. I'm, I'm really interesting. Like when you did the first qualifications in a refugee camp, like were you surprised with the like? Did did this refugee ever run, or they were just like a coming from all the parts of Africa, like Somalia or Ethiopia or other places and, and they were just like very talented or they did have any experience with the, with the racing uh, run? Well, interesting, interesting thing is that when you do such an event at the refugee uh, camp, like I, I just did another um, uh, event in the Kakuma refugee camp a few months ago when we were picking up the artists for Olympics for Tokyo. Um, And and interesting is that when you say something like this and you announce something like that in Kakuma refugee camp in the high school or elementary school, wherever you go, um, and then you're waiting for the people. And we had about 50 people coming out, like let's say 40 girls, 50 guys, boys coming up for the event. And you you think when you start asking questions, why would why are you coming? Why why are you coming? You think like you're gonna go? What's 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 the point you coming here? Why you want to be here? And they're looking at you, and you can see right away they either have such a background that either mm-hmm. play football or soccer yeah. at home, yeah, so they or know, they did something they, sport, yeah, and they just probably because you know in the refugee camp they have no TVs or radios or of nothing, course. so 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 they have no idea about any Olympic games or something, but they know that it is something better for them than yeah. what they have now. So they also have some some idols, and heroes that they see. They they made it from Kenya, absolutely from Ethiopia. Yep. Do good living, change lives. Yep. So that's a big big motivation to them uh, to to do the running. Right? This yeah. is the the main factor is is different. Like in the Western world, where you where you you go for maybe for fame or 
money oh, of course money is the same involved but there is for change life to do really better and to it's sur- a hope ex- actually to survive really yeah it's a hope for better things you know uh, for a better <clears throat> life um and you know as you know these people like as i as i said millions of times uh, if you go back to kenya or you go to ethiopia or you go to those countries the people are it's a different mentality like if you look at the one of the top elite artists like Elud Kipchoge or, or I don't know, Daniel Wanjiro, which I work together with. Uh, those athletes, uh, those are elite athletes winning the major uh, marathons and they come yes. and go with a, uh, quite a bit good right. chunk of money. They're not really keeping money from themselves. They're building yeah. communities. They're building the schools. The they're building yeah. the village. They're right. building whatever it takes. And uh, it's just the way they live. It's a, it's a family. It's a, for them, the, the village is the whole family. They buy the cows. They buy the fields, you know, they have a milk, they have a, you know, they plant the, you know, potatoes or the corn, whatever, and then they feed the whole village. So, so every, everyone wants to be there as well. Yeah, of to course. To have their own cow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And now, as you know, now they're going to, they're getting ready for Tokyo refugee team. Yeah. So the project is going on. We were in the world championship in London, which yes, they had yes. good success. You know, we were very happy with and that. And are, are you going to Qatar this year? Uh, unfortunately not, because it's crossing with the Arma and Kona Hawaii. Yeah. And then, uh, so we have several athletes. I have several top elite athletes there, which I have to take care of. Um, how, how many athletes is going? Uh, so far, we have about 11 athletes going 11. up, but it's going to be definitely more because still um, there are a few of them who are deciding and then still a few qualification races yeah. to go up. Uh, but yeah, but we have the Bart Ernauts who was second last year, which really we we counting yeah wow um great result uh, so and a few different guns which we counting that it's going to happen that we're going to have a podium again i mean not just the podium i mean i come with the bar as one of the contender for the for the win but uh well, which 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 distance uh to to just show the well it's going to be a uh, full distance 3.8 kilometers swim uh, 180 kilometers a bike and then uh, 42 kilometers uh, wow. run as a marathon so it's a all day long uh, so it's uh, shift in the all, office all and um, yeah 8 yeah. hours of but hard i mean work. which uh, is more mostly the runners is mostly long distance uh, will be compete for on the long distance or yeah. like 510k and marathon 510k of course and marathon as well yeah. or no yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Is, is there any middle distance or other yeah from the refugee team definitely from the refugee team, yeah I from mean. refugee team definitely it's going to be 800 meters 1500 meters so that's going to be 5k so, 10k yeah. and we're looking definitely for the marathon let's see now because we have now one or two but it's still it's still closed we qualification is not done yet so we're still going to be going through the final qualification. We'll go to Tokyo, but we will see after Doha what's going to happen over there. So we'll yeah, see so. from there who is and how is it. I mean, it looks pretty good right now. So. That's that's pretty cool. We'll, we'll good luck on this, cross fingers. And yeah, as I mentioned, that you're really close to relate with the, with the cycling also. And that's pretty also amazing that uh, on as a, as a running shoes supporting the, the cycling teams, I know it's um it's a Trek Safredo and uh what what are the teams wearing the the on shoes for the for the uh no no cycling training but uh, on the lifestyle well we don't even I don't even call it a lifestyle because we we the reason why we started was because I had a very good chat with a good friend of mine Fabian Cancellara who said that um 
he likes the shoes as a recovery shoes and then um Tim Tombunen was as well mentioning to me once that he was, he likes the shoes as a recovery shoes and I was thinking about it okay recovery shoes what does it mean well, what does it mean right? and it was like well every time I finish the stage you know as as I know as a cyclist when I was racing and I still ride the bike for hours that it's it's when you're pushing hard on the bike for some hours and then you just slip into the something yeah. which feels comfortable that's you would say like okay that's very comfortable it's kind of recovery for me so when they said that I was thinking about well that's that's a good idea I mean it's not just about the podium shoes but it's more about functionality of the shoes so then I approached the um, uh, the team. Uh, Trek Sega. Well, first of all, I approached the team MT in Quebec, which was quite a bit good idea because I wanted to see a little bit more behind, and I saw the African team yeah. um, with um, the African riders, and then um, quite a bit good idea of the foundation charity for the Quebec bikes and uh, uh, like how people can get the bikes to to Africa, which we supported. Um, I said, okay, I would love to be part of the team, and that would be great to be as a partner. So I signed the team MT in Quebec first. Since I knew the principal of the team, Douglas Ryder, I knew Stephen Cummings as a rider uh, and a few other riders in the team. We were friends and uh, I said, okay, let's do it. And then after a few years, we just moved on and I said, well, if there is anything else. And then, then, then came with the idea with the Fabian Cancellara and others. And I said, okay, let's do it. So we started working together and then um, the whole team got together when they were signing with Alberto Contador. And then because I live in Spain and, and we know each other, uh, I said, okay, let's do it. You know, there's more and more riders coming on the team. You know, like kind of like idea. I kind of like management of the team. Yeah. The spirit of the team. I like the riders who are inside because we know each other. I, I go for bike ride with them. I train with most of them when I have time. Um, so I know the uh, what's behind. I know the sportive directors. And uh, um, it's I, I consider that team as one of the, I don't want to say the most successful when, when it comes maybe for the results, but one of yeah. the most dedicated team and, and sustainable yeah. team yeah. in the world of the professional cycling. And um, and every time I have opportunity to be there and work with them, uh, it's always um, you know something spectacular. And I always listen to the stories of the riders or mechanics or Swanier or anybody else because all these people basically go for run do something and yeah. they give us a lot of they, feedback. Oh, but not too many runner or cyclists, right? No, no, no. But I mean, you if don't. you go and you look at the like, I know now that. Um, yeah, I was surprised I had John Degenkov and Degenkov me he said, Hey, you know, I would like to test the shoes for running with, yeah. with you. And I said, Sure, Balke Molema as well. He said, Hey, you know, if we have friends, you know, can we talk together? I said, Sure, we can talk to them. Balke asked me, Hey, would you? I said, Balke, for sure. Here you go. Um, Fellini as well, the Italian rider, he asked me for the trail shoes for running and uh, Markel easily asked maybe, me as Maybe well. they will switch in to triathlon. In well, future. one day maybe they retired, you know, they they never know. They might they start. I mean, you do... see more and more professional cyclists switching to, to the long distance triathlon, you like, know. Like, uh, yeah. we know, we know right? Yeah, one of them, yeah. Can we stop it and do it? Uh, okay, and, and do it 26, so it's saved. Can... Should I hit the record button? No, I have... Okay. Oh, it oh, says no. limit 4K. Okay, that's fine. Did you stop it? Yeah. So I, I hit the record button and then. Okay. That is good, man. We look really good. Sexy. Oh, keep going. Okay, just press it then. Sorry, where where did we stop? Sorry. With the cycling. Yeah, with the cycling. Yeah. Cycling, switching to triathlon. Yeah. Okay. We will talk about Vinokurov, right? Of. Oh.
Do you want to talk about Vindicrov? Yeah, about his race. Okay, uh, second shot. Okay, so Alvinokrov uh, did pre- just recently some some triathlon, right? That's correct. Uh, what What do you think about about his uh, tr- triathlon? Uh, not comeback, but uh, welcome thing. Well, I have my opinion on certain things. Um, on one hand, I I gave my life to the world of the triathlon and the world of cycling. Yeah, I would say also running, but I think cycling triathlon is more like my passion. Um, and I always, since I've been there for such a long time and I've seen a lot of things, um, and I live you, in the era so, of So you think he things, should, he should be not involved in, in the draft? Uh, I wouldn't say involved. I would <clears throat> say anybody sh- can race. He cannot yeah. stop anybody, but I would say that, um, in my opinion, if there is anybody who had the issues with the doping or anything, yeah. uh, should be banned from racing as a professional or having, or even like if you age grouper and you're getting on the podium that should be not also qualification for world champions in Kona should be banned um there should be certain rules applied to everyone and if you want to have a fair rules and fair um competition going on then <clears throat> we can we can let anybody race you can you can be basically on anything one you can take any juice you want um yeah. but then if you win or this and that you're basically not on the list you won but you didn't Okay, yeah, like well, you won, but you know, officially didn't, yeah, well, because well, you're on the list of the banned people. Yeah. So you have no rights to be on the podium. You have no rights well, for the money. Sh- you have no rights to qualify for world championship, yeah. right? So did he qualify? Is um, I'm or? not so sure, but I'm pretty sure that he qualified for 70.3, which is going to be in Nice, in nice. Uh, which I believe is not good. Good uh, for the sp- like showing the sport that like. I mean, there are more. There, it's a. It's a. <clears throat> it's a. It's a, It's a, It's not just him. There is a few more in the, our sport. We just recently saw this this issue happening with the uh, with the Michael Weiss, yes. right? When he yes. apparently, which we don't know because there is still under investigation, um, somebody yelling him that the doper stings or whatever, something like that. When he stop him and then he punch him and then you know, not, I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I hope this is not the true story because if this is the true story, that's it, very. It shame. was on some German uh, portal, right? Yeah, on the internet. Yeah. So and it's, 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 it's pretty close to the truth, right? Yeah, because you wouldn't do this. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. do accus- accusation publicly unless you have something behind. Yeah, but, but he was like twice uh, banned. Yeah. No, a, I mean, he was... He was twice, three yeah, times? Yeah, twice. And I think right. it was twice when he I was a mountain biker. I don't know biker. how is this possible to, to let people like this to still compete on the highest level. This is not like a... I guess like if am- you, amateur sport, he's competing on the on the Hawaii. Yeah, but you know the people always say <clears throat> that you have ban and you 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 do your time and then then you then you good to go. The question is always, and which I always said before many times, is okay. You did your time. That's fine. What are the benefits? But the scientifically, what are the benefits from what you have been doing before when you were doing your time of not racing? Because as far as I know, by my studies, and I quite a bit, I spend my time studying about a certain EPO or, or grow hormones and everything like that, how is that connected and what the benefits then have, and uh, <clears throat> especially the time frames. And there is definitely like, if you've been capable to dope for a certain period of times and, and, and gain significant power and uh, endurance, and then you've been caught, and then for two years, you basically just ban, but you can still maintain your training and everything. Yeah. And then after two years of solid training, but not racing, coming back to the to the races, well, I don't see such a significant differences. 
because you're already gaining what you're supposed to gain. You might not yeah. just sustain the same power, but you still go, you still have that benefit. And he's he's not uh, tested while he's uh, in in the suspension, right? So I he, guess he not. can he can actually yeah. get doped uh, two years through and, yeah. I mean, and you come know, back even stronger, right? There were cases if you, when, if, of if course, the people wants. Of and course, and then com- comes pretty much clean. You can really find out. Of course, there is another uh, girl from Austria. I'm not going to mention the names, you know, yes. who was banned, and then she even like publicly accused, of, you know, was accused from bribing the the uh, doping officers and you know lawyers and this and that. And then she she just with a smile come back to the world of the triathlon. She wins the races and she just laugh in the face of other athletes, which is not fair. I I don't believe it's fair. That's why I said like you can let the race people race, um, no matter who you are. Um, it's the same question as I've been asked, like, you know, um, about my friend, um, whatever you call it, you know, Lance yeah. Armstrong, when it was like, would you, do you think that it would be fair if we would race again in Kona, this and that? And I said, why not? Um, I think it would be interesting. I said, I said before that anybody or everybody should be allowed to race, even if you do anything else. But once you, once you finish the race, you should not be able to, to be go to world championship or get the podium or get the money or get the any anything which collect to the you are you know you are the finisher that's about yeah, it you yeah. know um is it fair to other athletes in amateur athletes is not but my mm-hmm. question is like how how much do we know about the amateur athletes if they doping or not we know yeah but uh my my thing i think in like he can really affect the race how it goes like he he might don't go to the podium or like this but he can really help to others or you know that's that's the thing yeah but also it's more about the also when, you, when you're talking to this question the question is like uh how much attention and media he would bring how much more attention and people would come to the race if if, if, if such a person would come in uh, and also would be interesting just too interesting to have him over there uh, you know we we you know, as I said, the reason why I'm saying why people should be allowed to do it is because I believe that people make mistakes. Yeah, we, of course. We, we don't know. We can learn from it. And, exactly. Yeah. Okay. We, we, it's, it's not like uh, once he made a mistake, he's going to be the, the bad guy forever, forever for his end of the life. Exactly. He, he might learn, he might not, but he must to uh, follow the rules. Exactly. Keep, keep going the rules. And, and he has to, f- uh, he has to follow up consequences. And the yes. consequences, which I'm saying is that, yes, he cannot <clears throat> take the podium. He cannot take the winning money. He cannot take any pride of that. He can only take the finisher t-shirt, finisher medal. Um, my daughter, as an artist, feel like, oh yeah, he overtook me. He has all because he's stronger because he was doper, this and that. Yeah, yeah he, they might. Uh, my question is like, well, what do we know about the other artists? I don't, I don't. I'm not. I'm not questioning, or I'm not saying that other athletes dope. Yeah, and but I, I think he's also a little bit maybe touching like a human rights thing, where okay, you made a mistake in your life, you you take as you said some consequences, but then you you took it and then like uh, like stop someone doing sport for life. It's it's quite rough, rough yeah. isn't it? Like it is. It's like it's one of your. I think it should be one of your right to uh, to do sport because it's such a important thing for your mental, not just a physical, mental, sociable and stuff. Of course, you can do training, but competition is uh, one of the 
part of the sport, right? Exactly. It's not something what you're doing extra. It's just a competition. It's just like you're training. Like I, I don't compete now, but I train a lot. Why? Because I like, right? So you, yeah. you like to compete. You should be allowed to. It's just a sport. We're not changing the world. Because he's competing. is still competing in Australia, right? Yeah, of course. He's not and done he, there. I mean, he's still going to some races in the, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like a mountain biking or trail yeah, running. Yeah, he so just he's, he likes to do it. It's going. just yeah. I mean, the, he's still got the friends who are following him. And if and, if I can ask, maybe it would be very interesting. How do you get involved with the uh, working with Lance Armstrong? Well, before I was part of the head cycling uh, when uh, head, um, when I was working with the head cycling and the head cycling was part of the. Uh, you know the support of the lens because he was always with the head wheels and uh, Steve Head as owner of the of the head cycling he was always in the big fair fan of the lens Armstrong so it was all connected together and uh, I guess there was a lot of involvement I, I don't want to go to a lot of details but you know it was it was always lens was very uh, friendly with the people who he trusted and then uh, he always connected himself with the high performance people who believe and had a lot of knowledge um, since head cycling was part of his. He believed that the head cycling as a company and Steve had behind and the people behind the company who worked in that time when we were not so many people working for the company uh, were quite a bit hard and, and specific in working with the air, air con, like it was more aerodynamics, wind tunnel, yes, yes. Uh, a hydration system on the positions on the bike, a lot of things, wheels, so what he, different. He, that's because also he was super. Um, Detailist, right? Absolutely, he perfectionist. Perfectionist, yeah. I mean, he, he would, he would, you would probably <laughs> talk with him about about how to develop the aerodynamics with the wheels. Yeah, absolutely. As uh, much as possible. How? What kind of wheels? What kind of uh, you know the profile, uh, tire pressure? It is so many things. Which because he was very specific and he was very, uh, I mean, he believed that a lot of small smallest details make the huge differences, which was true because when you're becoming on the such a high level athlete, that's that's really make differences. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you've been you've been last last week on the Tour de France. I saw your your post on the internet. You were with Trex Alfredo, and you were like uh, supporting the guys uh, on the on the last few races, like last four races, right? Mm -hmm. What what was your uh, thoughts and opinion? about about this year to 2019 well i think uh, are you are you surprised with some uh performances and like yeah uh i think everyone was surprised about performance um it's the year when you can see a lot of new riders so riders you, sh you don't see normally performing in such a high level and suddenly yeah. you see them performing such a high level which brings the questions like how is that happening then, then suddenly you have a anti-doping coming one hour before the race, before mm. the stage, which is you know, you start questioning like what's going on here, like why do we have this? Is that something happening? Something new happening? Um, then, then you obviously have the the teams which are you know the strongest teams with the strongest you know riders as in Eos team, um, you know yeah, previous yeah. Sky team, uh, where you don't nearly question like is there gonna be um thomas duran is gonna be who is gonna be in the yellow uh yeah. how many gc riders they have i mean when you look inside you go like oh well i mean they have already three gc riders inside nearly um they're gonna be pushing so hard but then you see you you know quick step took 
solid, you know, um, team yeah, Sega, Julian, Drake Sega Fredo. Yeah. We had uh, Julian Ciccone in uh, in the yellow for four. I mean, it's it was um, yeah. it was in, impressive to see the development of the whole, whole Tour de France. You know, the the the, the past Tour de France was different because there were only a few riders, two three, which were like changing. Oh, it's gonna be the, this one or that one, Frume or this, this and yeah, that, yeah. Alberto. Or 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 Andy. And now it's, it was really wide open, right? It was very wide open, so it's it was very interesting. Um, you know, we had the very very hard st- stages, and then we had the stages where, as you know, we was we stopped the stage because it was a snow um, hell yeah. on the road, and then we Do had you... the we basically with the uh, until the stage before the the uh, Paris was the Champ was the stage before that when basically yellow jersey was defining that hey, this is the Just... yellow jersey guy. Yeah, and he goes to Paris. It's pretty crazy the so. how they decide the last the 19 stage that they will cut. Also, also the the 20 stage that they, they will short up. And do you think it was it was correct uh, decision of the officials? Well, I think so because the like of course because the I mean I mean because the nature it stops you can you cannot finish up the hill when there is uh, too much snow and in the, the the field was flooding so yeah it was the mud could, could, could you, do you think could they do something different because from my opinion like Julian Alaphilippe he could maybe do better like he did uh, he did on the overall stage right uh, the, i mean if the stage would would be fully finished there would be definitely differences like be. there would be differences <clears throat> Um, but uh, but unfortunately conditions. I mean, I remember coming up in the car um, and we were basically coming to the finish line when I saw on the left side the whole snowy powder on the hill and I saw black black clouds. I knew this is not going to happen. And then I was looking. Then I was on the. I, I was listening to the radio and they were saying that uh, it's just a snowing and it's not just a snowing. It's a hailing on the on the road. And then uh, suddenly it was the mudslide going through the road. Oh, that was the end of the story. You can't, you, 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 you can't. can't. And also when you're coming, when the riders are were coming, because I asked few riders after, I asked actually Giulio Ciccone and I asked the, the um, I don't know who was it. I think I asked Richie or somebody, Bauke, how, how, how he felt. Um, and he said, man, it was, uh, it was not like, a, we didn't feel cold. But the moment when we start yeah. slowing down and then, you know, it was, we were getting yeah. cold. Yeah, you could see on the grass and everywhere they were in a, in long and they were coming down and they yeah. start putting jackets yeah. on and so it it went really from one mountain to another yeah. really quickly the change of the, so the I, conditions. See, also the question was more that is also technical that you would they would they would not be able to ride if, through. Yeah, like you you, you can you would have to you have to unpedal and basically walk with the bike through the hell because it was yeah, nearly but like a I, five. I think CM. they they could like neutralize the the race so. The distance or the difference between how they they went up the hill, it would it would start maybe some somewhere else. You think there would be some options? Yeah, like but there is there is there is it's a lot like, like there is a lot they, of did, de- were, were they thinking about this uh, option? I'm, I'm pretty sure that the that the management behind ACO were thinking about those like a plan B, a plan C. But the the thing is that uh, you know when you when you plan the stage, they have also the timing zones and everything. Yeah. You once you change everything, it's gonna be different. Um, I, I remember it was um, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Tour de Mallorca few years ago when it was the snow on the climb yuke and they basically all they did they just draw the line uh, on the road yeah, and they said yeah. this is the finish line but i mean that's that's fair enough because everyone 
probably knew before they let know the teams yeah, the managers before like okay we'll finish the stage here and there here and the there 30 kilometers during the race and, and you can prepare your uh, like really quickly different tactics different uh management of your energy and stuff uh but now like he was probably he julian alaphilippe didn't want to let people go but i thought that he can go down the hill that he can catch because he's really one of the best yeah. downhiller yeah. descender descender yeah. you know in a road cycling so i think he could he was counting i think with that 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 okay they dropped me now but i can i can still get close close to the gap on the downhill and then we start again will be another story but they they would stop and and do finish line when nobody knows there was a finish line so that's pretty for me crazy about how, yeah. how finished this to the france yeah well it's unique i guess it's not going to happen many times it happened uh, this is the second time if i'm not mistaken when i was talking to some of the uh, guys from management told me the last time was in was 20 years ago yeah or even more i don't know i think it was oof, long time when they happened something like that yeah, but yeah. you can't yeah, that's, change the that's that's conditions. happened right yeah and what do you think about about our countryman peter sagan he finished he won seven times green jersey that's the record one yeah i think it uh it's impressive i think uh he just showed it you know was a little, he was a little bit putting down people a lot of people think about him that yeah, yeah. yeah he's not performing anymore as he used to now he's yeah. just a showman um he was always yeah. the showman he's just uh but that he just proved that it's not the true so yeah. he just showed that people know he's not the showman i mean he's still in and then he's got still potential i mean it was not this this through the front was not easy and and he yeah. he did it like he it wasn't easy right so there is still like coming lots of new guys as you mentioned that uh it, it was wide open even uh, gc uh, is I think there is some similarities with the with the triathlon now when when is is the sport is getting younger like so so the winners Bernal 22 yeah. years old and in triathlon is is wide open who is gonna win and is uh, younger people do you think is why why do you think is do you think it's a genetics or because the sport is known better so do you my opinion is is probably the genetics because this sport like cycling is doing for com competitionally or uh, professionally 100 years so so the human body can can actually get get more adapted for that kind of uh, performance the the somatotype way so the how they look the body but also the physical way so they can endure better what do you think? I, I I I agree with you, but what I also agree, and I think what is true, what I hear from many others, um, is that you you see more and more scientifically builded high performance centers. You see more and more educated uh, coaches. Um, yeah, that's true, um, and and also more research about the training, about the conditional fitness. As you remember, when, and when nutrition as absolutely. well. Absolutely. When I was a kid, I didn't have a school where it was called a like a special sports school or a special, yes. you know, like development for sports development school. I don't know. It was just the school. Um, now you have your kid, and you go into this school, which is elementary school, but already is nearly like a high performance. When they hey, they choosing what kind of talent do you have? Like what kind of they, what's your vision? Yeah. Are you do you are you competitive? You're not competitive. Are you more 
like thinking guy or you more like crazy guy going with a you know uh yeah. power just to do something you, yes, you so just of course cannot there would control be like they knew if the, these guys supposed to do some speed exactly or sports or some endurance or some uh powerlifting absolutely or, so now yeah. you co- you can correct them from the age of six years old or young and then you go and you can develop them to the level where they're becoming really high performance athletes which i believe that was not happening in the era of when you're now 30s 40s because it was not like that it was just uh in in that time was not something like that now you have some like i just if i look at the mape um the high performance center in italy when i looked what yeah. what kind of research they can do what basically they can, they can do anything they want and they can tell you whatever you want they can tell you where is improvement they do the, just a few days research about you the testers and everything they, they're going to find out exactly what you're supposed to eat you're not supposed to eat what kind of supplements you're supposed to get how much you're supposed to get how much sleep you should have this and that they basically they they can just create one big template for you and they yeah. tell you if you follow this and with this engine you have inside your body we 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 basically we cannot say 100% but we can 95% can say this is this is you either going to make it this way or there or you're not so now if you have someone you can say well you can you are the one who are you have you are talented but you have to work so hard and you have to do this and this and this and this and you have to follow and you have to follow this coach and you have to be um, I mean, either high perf- high altitude came or this and that, and yeah. you're gonna be. And if you do this from age, let's say, 11, 12, 13, 14, not, not suddenly you 19, 20, and you you are just flying. Yeah, you are yeah, just that's, a, yeah. That's what I I think. Lots of people, maybe from you, maybe your generation, also my generation, like they was just just shooting blind. So yeah. you don't really know what you're doing, and if you really have the genetics for it, if you're supposed to do it, I mean. Of course, you always can uh, change and upgrade your body and and get uh, adaptive for the kind of sport. So I got adaptive from swimming, which was quite different to the triathlon. But yeah, yeah and I, I could I could do two Olympics. I could won uh, European champs. But of course, there is if I think in the future probably you can agree that it will be more and more people will be specific about about their knowledge about themselves and how how the performance goes right oh absolutely and then uh, again it comes to the, not just the the body human being performance it comes to the products what technology do we have now i mean you have that kind of wheel that kind of wheel we have that kind of bikes um light stiff uh fast helmet aerodynamics this that and in shoes you come in with a you know that kind of shoe this kind of shoe uh it just it's so many things you know what you can i mean recovery now you have recovery pants like this recovery pants like that you have massage like now you don't even have to go to massage therapist you can just buy all these you know uh tools, products tools yeah. you can you can do it at home i mean think yeah. about 20 years ago what did you have it was nothing yeah. like that you either go to the massage therapist you're done yeah. now you don't have to go to you just buy this and this and this you find the sponsors that you got it and you can recover yeah. it on but your of own. course it's, it's nice to have some massage therapist no absolutely he, he knows what about your body and absolutely. physiotherapist i'm just so saying that yeah. how different you, you, you can help there is more tools you you can be absolutely you can uh push the edge absolutely. or your limits all the time absolutely yeah. i mean now you have uh, you know the hydraulic brakes you have this that you know we don't have that before you know it was just yeah. different. Now you have 28 millimeters tires. 
You can roll to the turns yeah. better. You can only, I mean, there is so many. It's, it's, I used to it's, race it's, on the 22 crazy, millimeter. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, like used to be a thinner, the, the yeah, tires is, is better. Of course. Now it's getting thicker, yeah, you know, bigger it's 28. You find out that when you're rolling to the turns, you go so, much faster. So what was this on, on this tour, uh, 28 or? Mostly 25, 28. 25, 28. But also we saw. It depends of the. It depends on the yeah where you, what kind of the stage was it? The stage if, was. if it's to, to a lot of switchbacks, especially you, you would go twenty eight. Right? Uh, twenty eight, thirty, yeah. Really, even even 30. thirty, even thirty two. I saw the on the rare wheels on oh, thirty two. Really? Oh yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, it's that's uh. Crazy. I mean, if you if you if you want to take a big risk and you want to go full gas downhill and you good descender, you know you're technically good, and you take thirty two, yeah. basically it's gonna hold you pretty good. And, uh, and it, again, it depends what kind of tarmac. You always do the recon on the car with the service car before. Either you go with the team before the race, a uh, few months or weeks, or you do the at the race day when you go and you do the recon the day before or anything. And uh, as a sportive director, and you come back and go like, okay, well, this is the tarmac. This is you know we, we have to do this and that. Bike mechanics know exactly what to do. They change it immediately. You know they know how yeah. much pressure they have to put. So yeah. Yeah, they have a big science. I mean, behind, it's, it's coming on. Yeah, yeah. Also, with the pressure, it's coming to triathlon as well. As I, I yeah. saw it a little bit uh, happening in the new Plymouth. I saw it happening in Bermuda. That um, you know, I could see the some of the athletes were asking questions. You know, yeah, they, they came to me a few athletes and they were like, "What do you yeah. think?" And you know, this, <clears> this this is interesting. What what your opinion? What can cyclists can learn from triathletes and opposite way triathlon triathletes can learn from the cyclists? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things, you know, and I think the triathletes can a lot of from cyclists as uh, the, the, the way they approach, the professional way they approach to the whole lifestyle because I see a lot of triathletes not, like I see a lot of professional cyclists being very, very strict with what they're doing, especially when it comes to preparation, off-season, season, um, how they it's highly specific about the bikes when it has to be 110% perfect nutrition you you mean about the bike so they they check they they, they they bike right yeah i mean but that's to, that's quite impossible now the in tra- triathlon yeah. because you travel there is not so man, much uh, money involved that you ha- you don't have a team so no uh, you would have to take a mechanic and stuff so or or the, the best way is used to be like uh, the company the cycling company would take a take a mechanic with and would take care about some certain athletes what what was but now is is less and less it is i agree i mean it's it's a as, as you said you know it's based on um, financial support and, and support of the federations i mean uh, and of yeah. course the team uh it's not rocket science i mean we both know that i mean you you have a budget of the 20 million dollars for the team uh, pro cycling team and your budget for the triathlon team is nothing I mean, compared to that, so we can stop it. And doing one, one more, we'll we'll finish soon. Fuck, we're gonna have two hours. Okay, did you start it? No. So you can start well, it. I have yeah. Play a button that you have. But you have to turn off and on the screen, or you don't. Uh, can I just hit record again or what? Yeah, record it. Yeah. Is it on? Okay, second shot. So we still we, we were so what I mean is that you know it's it's all dependent on the, the uh, on the support of the federation yeah, and yeah. and the team behind and and that's why I always said that the athletes should have the team behind it should be you know you you have a federation but 
the, what I see precisely, it should be always the one who is um, around the athlete would be coach, and 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 I would I don't know if to call it either coach or manager or the guide. Um, uh, in the in the long distance triathlon, I can see that sometimes not even coach, but more manager is more involved because he see. Yeah widely around the athlete not just yeah, the performance yeah. but they see widely like w w what's what is happening here how can you help what's missing what is that that he understand the athlete also like the, more from the family perspective like what is kind of personality and then he's a coach who is but also again the the, the manager of the athlete is the one who is involved in it, like products support uh nutrition support uh, any type of support, if it needs to be, um, you know, uh, like I said, a high performance test center mm -hmm. or whatever needs to be done because that makes differences. So he's there to see what has to be done. Obviously, the coach is one who is coaching that, is doing the training programs, but has to follow. But um, so it's a combination and that, that, yeah. that team and also bike mechanic. The question is like, you know, is the coach bike mechanic? Not not really. It has to be someone yeah. who has a knowledge about the bikes who works with the bikes, who, who on the last minute can change something. And if he cannot change something, he knows yeah. what to do to change something or ask someone. So because, as I said before, in the cycling, there is very clear, crystal clear. You don't discuss this. You get the bike and it's ready and you go to the stage and you and you race and you finish. You, you leave the bike and you go home. You go to hotel, you get massage and, and you're taking yeah, care. Triathlete has to done. take care of his own. Yeah, yeah, so, it's true. So mostly, I mean, I mean, some federation I can I can call Great Britain uh, having their own mechanic or U.S. team. What I know, I don't know Australian. Sometimes French. I I saw. I don't know the Germans if they have mm. some few, but but compared to the rest of the field, they they don't have almost just the, just the coach like like my brother is doing almost everything, and and you helping me a lot if if we when we go. To the, uh, together on the races so it's just one person really doing everything it's crazy no it's i think it's uh for the one person to do everything is very difficult i mean i work uh, very closely with russell white and i work closely with you i'm helping the bob haller uh javi um whoever um and i can but i closely work more with the russell white than you and then uh because there is a reason for the long-term relationship and then also i see i know you more than anybody else and then uh I just see that you know you you if the if there is something missing uh, even like you said your brother Michael I mean he knows certain things but then it comes to the certain things to the bike or yeah, something I mean, I mean we all know things and don't know things we're good in exactly. something bad at something so we always can combine things and okay if this doesn't work then I can step in and say hey let me let me take care of this make sure that it's perfectly done so then it's going to be ready for the race so you don't have to worry about it because your worry is about the race not about the bike or not yeah, about the other things you know is is a pretty much multitasking uh, of everything and as you said some people know one thing better and some Absolutely. some other things better it's pretty cool what do you think uh cyclists can learn from triathlete uh, is there something they, they I, can learn I, I, from us? 100% because they should learn about the life, like a general life as an athlete. Um, not the general life, but I'm saying general life as an athlete. Because I believe that these professional cyclists are treated like a queens and kings. Um, they all got on the table, which a track is done. Um, they should learn a little bit more, be humble, um, you know, okay. and then learn how to even fix the bike on their own. Or maybe when you're traveling, how to... <laughs> You know, dissemble bike, put it together in the bike bag to use this and that, which most of them are really quite a bit bad on that. Um, also, like just be on your own um, when you're traveling to training camps and and 
it's 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 quite a bit interesting to see how can triathlete survive um traveling all wts races world cup races around the world when i traveled with you guys this year from abu dhabi to moldova new plimol back and then bam other way sound of the world you know bermuda back to europe you know it's just spectacular to see how you handle everything and then it's just packing unpacking doing that i mean the cyclists have no idea about this and then looking for the swimming pool looking for the training where you're going for the run track this that cooking washing dishes bad this that i mean you know it's just uh, it's one of the things but it's part of life i mean to be professional triathlete if you're not from the big uh federations as as we call uh you have to like multitasking and and do on your own thing and it's pretty cool that you learn is learning to to survive on a, on a human's level right like oh absolutely you know you, you you will get prepared for your life even you finish the sport and that's what I, how i feel and i'm always saying like like my my triathlon career is, is is a journey and i'm learning all the time so that journey is my goal really because that's pretty pretty amazing what 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 people i met uh what country i saw what what i learned so that's is I don't think even I am only successful all the time and winning all the races you would be you would be able to uh, to learn all the things because you learn from the from the, from the mistakes from the from the losing what you're going to learn from the winning you you just uh, pretty much addictive to to the winning and you want to just reply Absolutely. right Absolutely. you you don't you don't want to get you can get better but you won't just re- copy that you don't want to improve that thing you don't have that mentality uh men- mentally that okay i just made a mistake i, I want to learn from it i want to do this better and stuff absolutely really on yeah the page. i think that's 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 the final uh final idea or final point thank you very much for for the my third podcast i'm really happy to have you here i think it was lots of interesting thing c- came out and and I'm I'm really looking forward when we will do another one maybe in the future. Well, thank what you. What do you so, think? Oh yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me for this podcast. And I hope I'm gonna just continue what I said before many times, just uh, yeah. supporting those who dream big. Yeah, thank you, man. Have a good hey, one. Absolutely. See ya. <laughs> Ciao.